0: That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, thank God for your life. And God bless you for being here and being a partaker of what God is doing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. How many of you are here to be blessed? Lift up the other hands as well. Thank you, Blessed Holy Spirit, for taking control and taking preeminence. Thank you for the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and for the door of utterance. In Jesus' name, the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Please, you can be seated. Hallelujah. We are glad to be here. My wife is here. Oh. Mrs. Flawick. Yeah. Woo. Professor Jimma, Pastor Michael, Pastor James, oh. Pastor McAfee, Pastor Wisdom, Pastor Daniel, Bishop, and you're also here. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello, neighbor, I'm here. here. Alright. Luke 17. <laughs> believe only <laughs> Luke 17 5 and the apostle said unto, unto the Lord increase our faith the next verse and the Lord said if ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed you might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Remember we said this yesterday. Alright. Mustard seed faith can approach trees and remove mountains and it's the smallest faith you can ever have. And I said that your faith, <laughs> you cannot go below mustard seed faith because that's the smallest you can ever have. And the smallest faith you can ever have can remove mountains and can remove trees. That means as to here, you are a miracle worker. Through your lips, problems can be removed and things can happen. That's who you are. Yesterday I mentioned that it has to do with knowledge of what you have and also how to use the faith you have. Praise God. And let's see what Jesus said after he made this profound statement. The next verse, verse 7. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, By and by, when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meet. I will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup. And get thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drank him, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Back to seven. Back to seven. Now, Jesus is on the same subject. He's talking about the same thing. Now, he's answering the apostles. They said, Lord, increase our faith. Then he spoke of the power of the mustard seed faith. Praise God. The power of the master seed faith. <laughs> then he spoke of the power of the master seed faith. And now, look at the next verse. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, when he's come from the field, go and sit down to meet. Now Jesus is saying that ah, if you have a servant or a slave, and he just came from the farm, whether feeding cattle or plowing the, f- the field, and he comes home, will look give the servant a break for having done part of his work, or you allow him to fulfill his daily task. Because in ancient times, slaves had their daily task, and until they finished their daily task, they were not allowed to rest. So if the person finished feeding the flock or plowing the field and come home, um, you don't tell the person to rest. You don't, you, you don't give the person a break. That's what Jesus is saying. You don't tell the person, go ahead, your, your servant or your slave, go and sit down and eat, no. You allow him in those days, that's how servants were treated, to finish his task and everything. Hallelujah. But understand that Jesus is still addressing faith. So, Jesus is telling us what faith is. Now, Jesus is saying that, number one, faith is a servant, it's your servant. Faith is to serve you. But the problem with many believers is that they think faith is an occasional gift. They think faith, faith is an occasional gift which we use once and once a while. But the idea here, Jesus gave us concerning faith is that faith is a servant. Uh, faith is to save us. But faith is not an occasional gift. It is. It's not something we use occasionally. We don't give faith a break. <laughs> the way masters give. The way masters don't give their servants break. You see. No matter how much they have done for them, they don't give them a break until they have fulfilled their entire daily task. So you don't give faith a break. Faith is supposed to serve you throughout your life. And don't stop. It's not an occasional gift. You have to apply faith constantly, regularly, every time, everywhere. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. Aha. Aha. So he spoke of the mustard seed faith. He told them what they have. Now listen, you are talking about faith. You say, Lord, increase our faith. But it's not a matter of increase of faith. <laughs> if you know what you have, that small seed of faith in your heart can remove mountains. That's what Jesus is saying. Then Jesus said, but which of you have a servant? <laughs> He's illustrating to them how to use their faith. So faith is not a servant you, you use once a while. You don't give faith a break. Faith is not an occasional gift. Faith must be used constantly. Praise God. Please do you understand? Yeah, that's what Jesus said. The reason is because there are people, they only declare God's word into their situations when they are in trouble. For instance, they only say, I am healed by His stripes, I am healed. I am healthy, I will not be sick. They only say it when they are sick. When they are feeling the pain they are having the a ma- feeling feeling the malaria and the pain is high and hard that is when hey by his stripes i'm healed by his stripes i'm healed by his stripes and the more they are saying the more the sickness seems to be increasing and they are wondering hey just by his stripes yeah that's a challenge and the others would say i'm not poor In Jesus' name, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. They only say that when there is no money in their pocket. (laughs) Uh And there are those when they are worried or full of anxiety and trouble. Hey, the peace of God is in my heart. The peace of God that passes all understanding. So if you confess this way, you have made faith an occasional gift you have given faith a break. But Jesus says, faith is a servant. You are not supposed to give faith a break. Allow faith to serve you and deliver the good and what you need every time. So this is the secret. You declare health and healing when you are healthy. Actually, confession of faith should be part of your daily life. When you finish your quiet time, what blesses you? Before you go away, open it and through your meditation, confess what you meditated. The, the, the greatest confession of faith is when you have just finished med- meditating on the word. So, confess health. I will not be sick. I will not be weak. I will not be free. Confess it when you are strong. Don't wait when you are weak before you say it. I, I, are you following me? <laughs> you need to confess health when you are healthy. Then sick, the sickness will not even come. You need to confess wealth when there is money in your pocket and thank God for it, then you will not see poverty. You have to confess peace when you you are not worried. (laughs) I live in peace. Peace is my life. You have to keep saying it, not when the trouble comes. Yeah. Not when the trouble comes. So, when it comes, confess it. But the thing is that you don't have to confess it when there is a need. Then, if you confess faith when there is a need, you have made faith an occasional gift. You have given faith a break. But it's supposed to be your daily servant. Keep speaking. Hallelujah. If you do that, your life your life will flourish. Yes, and it's not just for health or wealth or peace. It's for your life. Confess that you're walking in the love of God. Yes, and confess you're walking in peace. You're walking in patience. You're walking in long suffering. Confess the virtues of God. The power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And you see what will happen in your life. Confess that envy is not part of your life. Jealousy is not part of of, of your life. Yeah. That's faith. Praise God. But remember, you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Ah, You've provoked all of heaven (laughs) and begin to speak the word. (laughs) Nothing can stop it, (laughs) nothing can resist it. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Faith is based on the knowledge of what you have. I said it yesterday. I want to show you the kind of authority God has given us. Fear not, for I am with thee, Isaiah 41 verse 10. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my Righteousness praise god tell your neighbor don't be, don't be dismayed you know someone who is dismayed someone who's pacing up and down hey hey i'm in trouble where will help come from hey 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 yeah you are dismayed he says don't fear what what your neighbor why why are you going why, why why do you want to fear Why? now assuming you are broke eh assuming there's no money, you don't have any money and the wealthiest man in the world calls you and says my daughter don't be afraid my money is yours but when God says fear not he didn't shout this way <laughs> but revelation will make you shout yeah because God says I am with thee and it's powerful than whatever any, any man can say so no matter the problem, he's with you. <laughs> I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. Now, what is the right hand of righteousness? Now, when the Bible speaks of right hand, you may think it's this? Is this. It's not talking about this. <laughs> it's not talking about this right hand. you understand? Uh-huh. It's deeper than you see. Um, you remember Jesus when he died and ascended, he sat at a, on the right hand of God. Yeah. The right hand of God is not just a geographical description, it's a positional description. In in a kingdom, the right hand is the, the, is the most cherished and the most favored position in that kingdom. But in the Bible, the term right hand describes all of the authority of God and all of the power of God. It's called right hand. Now, the right hand of God is, is a title, it's it's a position. Hmm. all the power and authority of God is in a place called right hand. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I I, I will talk about it later, but not now. But I just want you to understand it a little, that God's authority and power is in a place called right hand. Now, um, Psalm 77 verse 10, all the power God expressed or manifested on the earth was from his right hand. A certain place called Right Hand. <laughs> and I said, This is my infam- and, and I said this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high. When you read this entire chapter, it describes the history of how God manifested his power in the past. All of God's power. The chronicle of the history of God's power. But he calls it the years of the right hand of the most high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Exodus 15 verse 6. This is when the Red Sea opened and Moses and Israel passed through the Red Sea. Now look at what Moses said. This is just when they had crossed the Red Sea and they began to sing. This is what they said. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. Actually, God divided the sea by his right hand. Jesus told the high priest, Hereafter ye shall see the, right, the Son of, of Man sit on the right hand of power. Praise God. Hallelujah. When Jesus ascended, the exercising of the power of the universe, the supreme authority of the universe, was given or was committed to the ascended Christ. And he occupies the most favorite place in the kingdom of God. And all the power of the universe is committed to him. It is called Right hand a symbol of power, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he calls it the right hand of my righteousness. The right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41 verse 10. He calls it the right hand of my righteousness. You know why? The right hand is a property of his righteousness. Are you following? Why does he call it the right hand of my righteousness? The right hand belongs to his righteousness. Now, God's righteousness is Christ. And Christ is our righteousness, is that not so? We have become one with him and joined us with him. His righteousness is not ours. The right hand of my righteousness literally means the right hand belongs to his righteousness. The right hand is a property of his righteousness. The right hand is for his righteousness. Christ is God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So now Christ is our righteousness, we are joined heirs. the place of the right hand is also for us because when he made him sit on the right hand, he didn't just raise up Jesus and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So the right hand where he sat, representing the authority he has, we sit with him. The Greek says he has enthroned us together, so we are kings, enthroned with him. So the right hand is now ours. You have such authority. You have such authority that it's, it it is a shame to be afraid of witches and wizards. It's such a your angels shake their heads and say, "Oh, she doesn't know." Your angels go like, "Ah. You are holding AK47. Someone is chasing you with water pistol." Yeah. <laughs> And you are crying helter-skelter. Meanwhile, you are running away with AK-47. Afraid of the one with water pistol. Say, I repent. repent. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when you are walking in town, you should know the kind of person you are. You cannot be tempered with because you you are conscious of who you are you are not ordinary yeah and there is not a single item of fear in your heart when you are coming and satan satan has come on your way he has to change his path yeah yeah when i'm moving and they are there they change your path because the guy understands his righteousness he can when you get to heaven, you be so surprised. You were afraid on earth, and you be sad. You were afraid. <laughs> what are persons were chasing you? Yeah. As I'm here, Satan, uh, Satan is afraid of you, seriously. But you, you've had it you've had the negative so much that you have believed it. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you. A certain guy, a certain pastor <laughs> confessed to someone I know. A guy backslided and went to look for power from a fetish priest. He's a pastor. So he said he just got a location <laughs> somewhere in the bush. Traced the place. Uh, when he got there, when the fetish priest saw him, he screamed and shouted and ran away. So the guy was, was wondering what is, what is really happening. So he asked the man, why is he running away? Why is, why is he running away? He said, why have you brought that power to, 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 to frighten me? And to threaten me? The guy went home and repented. In his backsliding state, he realized that he was more powerful than... <laughs> yeah. And that is what the devil wouldn't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Yeah, you are so powerful. I told the story of Smith Wigglesworth. He was asleep and heard a sound from in his hall, so he woke up. When he got to his hall, Satan was standing there. Satan, so he got there and saw him, and he said, "Ah, I thought it was someone important." Then yes. he left him went back and he slept Satan's pride was bruised because Satan wants you to get frightened and go like, hey, in Jesus' name I- oh no, he just left him yeah that's the place you are coming to in your authority ah, Christ is your righteousness you are in this place it's a place you don't waste time binding demons like that as if your whole life. Ah, darkness is never powerful than light. You are the light. And they are darkness. From henceforth, don't be afraid of them. They should be afraid of you and run away. Yeah. Hallelujah. You see, the first time Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gate of Hades shall not prevail when he said it in Matthew 16 the disciples really understood something we don't understand the first time Jesus mentioned church we don't understand hmm when Jesus told them I'll build my church instantly they knew what, what they were supposed to become because the term church was a word that was used in their day, I'll explain what it meant but the, ch- the term church has been mispl- misplaced and replaced. <laughs> so we don't understand what, what the word church is. It began in 1608. You know, the King James Version was written in 1611. Uh-huh. But 1608, there was something called the Hampton Court Conference. When King James became the king of England... The nations of the world at that time were, had to make a decision whether they were to become Catholic nations or Protestant nations uh, because Martin Luther had brought forth the Reformation so that those who protested became the Protestants from the Catholic system. Uh-huh. And because some of the nations were uh, afraid of the Pope, they wanted to become Protestants. So England was now deciding whether they would become a Catholic nation or a Protestant nation. Aha. It's a long history. (laughs) A long history. But during the days of King James, there was something called a gunpowder conspiracy. From the parliament house, they were getting out of the the parliament and there was an explosion by a guy called uh, Guy Fawkes. His name was Guy Fawkes. The explosion... Later on, it was found out that the conspiracy was from the Catholic Church. So he made up his mind to now switch totally to protestant. That was when the Church of England came into being. Anglican Church. So, now the people wanted a Bible they could understand in their own language. Because the Bible at, at that time was Latin. You, you, They'll read it to you in Latin. You're you not Latin. English. So, they said, we want a Bible we can understand. So, in 1608, there was a conference called the Hampton's Court Conference, which was put together by King James, so that these scholars would now translate the Bible from the Greek to English. So by 1611, the King James Bible, the Bible was ready in English, and it was named in honor of King James. It was a wonderful Bible. It was taken from Greek, but one word was not translated from Greek it is the word church. Can you imagine? The word church is ecclesia in the Greek. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. But at that time, the word that was in vogue, the word for church that was in vogue was the word kesh, which was a German word for church. But it's, it's a word for a building, a physical building, an architectural building in, in a gothic style. Aha. Uh-huh. So it was called kesh. So in those days, everyone called church kesh. It was the most popular word in the world. So when they were translating the King James Bible from the original Greek, instead of translating it from ecclesia, which is a Greek word for church, they translated it from kesh for church to mean a physical building. So we say, I'm going to church. Is that your church? (laughs) Is that your church? Mm -hmm. But the French, the French Bible remained Retained the meaning. Eglise is from ecclesia. And Spanish to retain the ecclesia. Uh-huh. But most, most of the languages remain, took the word church from the word kesh. The, the Swedish language used the word kek. Scotland, Scottish used the word keka. All from the word kesh, church. So they lost their real identity, the consciousness of what Jesus was talking about. But when Jesus said, "I will build my ecclesia," they were—I'm sure—they were, they opened their mouth because the word "church" is a political term. It's a political word in those days, even in, this, in the days of Christ. Uh-huh. it was—it was a term that described a certain group of senators, senators, senate. So the word "ecclesia," church here, described a prestigious assembly of Athenian citizens. So we're talking about Athens. A prestigious assembly of Athenian citizens. And these citizens were so powerful that they presided over judicial matters. They formulated new policies. They enacted laws. They appointed new magistrates. They had the power to banish anyone from, from society. So, it was a very, they were the upper class of society, and they were politicians, senates. Aha, uh-huh. and they had all of this power. They can dismiss, they can enact, formulate new policies. They were the most powerful people in, the, in, in, those, in those days, uh-huh, in the Roman Empire. So when Jesus said, I'll build my church, hey, they knew who they were to, be, to become. They knew that instantly The power was in their hands. Instantly, they were royalty. Instantly, they were kings. Instantly, they had power to retain, power to dismiss, power to enforce. Everything was in their hands. They were the rulers of the land. They knew it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This kind of information is necessary for, because of what is coming. Very necessary. karabata. The Bible says that by ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the Living God, <laughs> and unto an innumerable company of angels. Hebrews twelve verse twenty three says, "Into the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven." I, I like the term "the general assembly." See, I have come to the general assembly. The general assembly. Now, do you know where we have come to? Hmm. The word here is called is the Greek word "panagous." Now, then he tells us the people that make up the General Assembly. (laughs) The people that make up the General Assembly. (laughs) The General Assembly in some nations they call it the National Assembly or the House of Representatives. In Ghana we call it Parliament. Yeah, this is the House of Parliament. Parliamentarians. Uh huh. So he's not. Talking about the heavenly parliament. Those who make up the heavenly parliament. And these are the decision-making body. They have the power to decide and to make these decisions in the earth. So we are registered in the general assembly, which is the heavenly parliament to rule the world and to govern the world. Uh-huh. So we are, ha! my, my, my. Ma, ma, mama, my, mama, my. my, 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 my. <laughs> the church <laughs> of the firstborn. Malo, masandada, Ma, mama, mama. Hey, even in the Greek, it says the firstborns. It's plural. It's like we are all in the firstborn. We have the right and authority of the firstborn, which is Christ. And we can make decisions. We are registered. So you are a parliamentarian? Not in this weak and base kingdom but in the most powerful kingdom huh, we make decisions. <laughs> tend tell, tell to your neighbor and greet your neighbor honorable. <laughs> yeah. We are all honorables. <laughs> honorable and add his name. You are the better parliamentarians. The better parliamentarians. The better parliamentarians. The Bible says, in Christ Jesus, there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Oh... But faith that worketh by love or but a new creature now galatians 6 16 says as many as walk according to this rule peace on them and mercy and upon the israel of god now he calls the new creation the israel of god hallelujah, hallelujah. see i'm the israel, of god. the israel of god now the word israel according to Strong's, in in greek means he shall rule as god that's Israel. According to Strong's definition, Israel means he shall rule as God. <laughs> See, I will rule as God. And he calls the new creation the Israel of God. So we are rulers. We are rulers. Say, I'm a ruler. See, I-, I rule as God. You have to enforce dominion like God. In Isaiah 9, verse 5 and 6, Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. That's a prophecy. Uh-huh. He didn't say the government shall be upon his head. Christ is the head. But upon his shoulders, the shoulder is the body. Speaking of the church. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and in all. The shoulder is the church. The government is upon his shoulders. The dominion is with us. Hallelujah. So you faith is based on what you have in Christ. When you understand your authority, Ah Maya. When you speak, it's done. The devil wants you to think that when you speak, nothing happens. But really, things happen. Things happen. Praise God. And if you follow this principle, your life will be. Forward forever. Glorious forever. Joy and laughter. Do you know what God has planned for your life? How how many of you want to know how to use this faith? This authority? Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. Ma, ma, ma. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3. Now I want you to see this verse very well. Through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Okay. Through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the This verse, let me show you its truest interpretation. Are you here? First of all, this verse is not talking about the creation of the world. Hmm. Hallelujah. hallelujah all right <laughs> what is it talking about follow carefully through faith we understand that the world. say the world. the world. now in the bible there are three words for world or for world three words in the greek for world the first one is oikomene o i k oikomene o i k o m e n e Aha. Uh-huh. Akhomini is it, it, translated world. It is used in different places, like when Jesus, when Satan told Jesus, showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world and told Jesus to worship him. You remember? Yeah. He showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment. Aha. Uh-huh. That word world is akhomini, and that word sp- relates to a specific land. You know, a specific a parcel of land. Sometimes it re- refers to the Roman Empire. Roman Empire. Or a specific allocation of land. Okay. So, we see it in Luke 4 and Matthew 4. Okay. He showed him the kingdoms of this world. But he was referring to the Roman Empire. Or a specific land. That's what oikomini. And there's a second word for world. is the word cosmos. Uh K-O-S-M-O-S. Cosmos is the word for God created the world. That's the word cosmos. The cosmos is where we get the word cosmetics. It speaks of uh, anything that is organized. Uh So God organizing and bringing forth the stars, the moon, and everything, the earth, the solar system, is the word cosmos. It is used too many times in the Bible. And there's a third one, which is this verse. The third word for world is the word Ion. It's A-I-O-N. Ion. Now, Ion is the word for sometimes translated age. But it describes human history, actually a period of time. It describes a certain period of time in history. A certain moment, epoch, era of time. So we can say, oh... The days of John Gordon Gagesbeck in Ghana, that was his the, the ayon of that time. The days of Billy Graham. The days of John Jin Lake. Uh-huh. The days of uh, Kenny Hagen. Uh-huh. So Ion speaks of era, praise God. Era or period is the word "ion," But it's, it's translated world. Please, are you following? Yes, so through faith, we understand that the various periods in history, in human history, that's what he's talking about. The different eras in human history. Okay. We're framed by the word of God. You see, the word "frame" is not create. Create is thesis. But frame is katatizo. There are two different words. Uh-huh. Tesis, K-T-I-S, K-T... K-T uh, the, the word is pronounced, but it starts with K. Tesis. <laughs> yeah, it's like K, then it is T-S-I-S, something like that. <laughs> now, creation is bringing something out of nothing, you know. But the word here is frame. It's not creation. It's katatizo now frame actually means to restore something back to its state to restore to amend to repair or to fix restoring something amending, amending something restoring, amending to put in proper place to fix hallelujah, hallelujah. I hear you are going home yeah. <sighs> through faith we understand so, through faith, we understand that the, he's talking about the various periods in history, human history. Hmm. All right. They were framed by the Word of God. The Word the word, word of God is not logos, it is rhema. So, when you see Word of God, it, it is either logos or rhema. You see, rhema rhema refers to the spoken word of God. But it's not just the spoken word of God. Rema refers to God's word that is first revealed and it is spoken. Praise God. Yeah. Like as the word of God comes to you. Sometimes Rema jumps to you. Uh-huh. you. You just. The word of God just blesses you. You have revelation. Wow. 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 I will never be poor. Because of the revelation, you are speaking it out. We call it Rhema. Praise God. Speaking out God's word. But it is first revealed to you. First revealed to you. Now, Rhema is never God speaking his word. Rhema is not at any time used for God speaking. Rhema is never used like that. In the Bible, Rhema is used for God revealing his word to a man. The man receiving the revelation and speaking out the word. That is how rhema is always used it's never at any time used for god himself speaking the word it's not rhema rhema is god's word revealed to a man and a man speaking it out it's called what rhema are you here so can we put it together and see what it is saying so through faith we understand that the walls the ion the various periods in human history The various errors in human history were restored, (laughs) were amended, were repaired by men who received revelation from God and through their speaking, they restored their generation to the very place God wanted their their error to be. (laughs) Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The revelation came to them, and they received God's blueprints for their era. They received God's mind for their era. They understood what God wanted for their times. Though Satan was taking dominion, they understood, and when the revelation came upon them, they began to speak, and through their speaking, they began to frame katatizo to restore their generation and their era, to subserve God's original mandates and purpose and plan. Praise God. Amen so when it said that look at the next verse the next verse they said by faith Abel so he began to give us all the generations of men and how that they received Rima from God and changed all their eras and periods in human history beginning from Abel and from Abel we went to Noah and from Noah we went to Enoch and from Enoch we went to Abraham so he's telling us how the elders changed their era and their period by receiving Rima God's blueprint through the lips of men men shaped their age and their era <laughs> From God's revelation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand? Yes. Yeah. So, God had men through their lips, they reconstructed their age. Through their lips, <laughs> they gave life, divine God's system to their times. And the Bible says, you know, before that it says through faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. He's not talking about what God is doing. No. For by it the elders obtain a good report. So he's not talking about what the elders did. Verse two says, "For by it the elders obtain a good report." Then he gave us the method the elders used. Then he gave us how they did it. From verse four. Are you here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah any greek scholar will tell you frame is never creation you've missed it the word here is never the physical world it's human period so for instance this is our time now understand the second corinthians 4 verse 4. in whom the god of this world has blinded all right now let's go to ephesians 2 verse 2 and come back let me show you something here how the word world is used ephesians 2 Look at it. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Now let me show you how this is read in the Greek. Where, how it's written in the Greek. Wherein in time past you walked according to the ion of this cosmos. That's the Greek. The Greek says you walked according to the world of this world. Uh-huh. <laughs> because the word course is the word ion. Ion is like a river course. You see, when a river, a river current is flow, flowing on one direction, it carries everything to that direction. Hallelujah. Okay. But it's translated Ion. Because every age and what is trending in that age. Every age is a course, like a river course. What is trending in that age? Okay. Second Corinthians 4, verse 4. In whom the God of this, the word is Ion, the God of this Ion, that means the God of this present age, 2003, 24th. Eh, what's the date? 19th may. Huh. So the error, present error, Satan is the God. Huh. And he has caused certain things to trend, to move in his own direction. Meanwhile, in God's eternal books, God has a plan for our error. But Satan moves it according to his way. But God raises men who understand God's books and God's intention for their error. So by the revelation of God's Spirit, they receive Rima to know what what God wants and God's blueprint. And they begin to speak it, to enforce and to restore God's original mandate for their era and for their times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means that we we believers living in this era, we are without excuse. Uh Aha. We can do something about it. But through ignorance, we allow Satan to have his day. Yeah in the in the in the time of in the 1800s slave trade was the was, was what was trending slave trade until William Wilberforce received rumor from God and began to pray and speak God's word until slave trade was abolished he took a man and when it was abolished after 3 days or something he died yeah his, his goal was finished his, his his purpose was done yeah he died He died. Yeah. So the devil, for instance, that is why Ghana, for instance. So my father in law told me about Malaysia. That Malaysia was worse. But Christians made Malaysia what Malaysia is. Instead, the Christians will gather together and pray and say and declare in the name of Jesus, we declare a highway in this place. Then they will declare a skyscraper in this place. They declare how they want the country to be, and they would say, The Minister of Highways or something, 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 we give him no rest until it is constructed. <laughs> so they were enforcing the authority, they joined the group of believers. Yeah. It is documented that everything they said came to pass. Yeah. And the leader said, And God, let them put one flyover behind my house. He just said it. And when they were reconstructing Malaysia and all these things, they put one behind his house. (laughs) Yeah. So, for instance, look, considering what is happening in the educational sector in Ghana. Yeah. You can pray and give the Minister of Education no rest. rest. Have no peace until the educational system is aligned properly. As it's supposed to be. We have such authority. So, complaining will never do anything. And some of these leaders are under satanic bondage. There are spirits, actually, that influences them. Those are powerful places. The moment you get there, no matter how godly character you are, you are influenced by spirits. Who have no idea? Look, a godly man can be under a demonic influence. Look at uh, David. He was a man after God's own heart. Yet Satan moved him to number Israel and attracted God's wrath at that time. Peter was a good man. Yet when Jesus revealed that he was going to die, Satan took him and he was trying to hinder Jesus. So there are good men who go into positions of power, but they miss it. They can't. They are spirit. David became a king in Israel, and for three years there was famine. David inquired from God, ah, three years. God says it is for Saul and his his bloody house. Because Saul has killed the Gibeonites. But it was a covenant in the days of Joshua. And God honors covenant. So because God honors covenant, although the Gibeonites were fugitives... But because of the covenant they made with Joshua, God had to honor the covenant and bring famine over his own people. Hmm. It, David had not done anything. It was the consequences of a leader who had done. But David was. So what happened is that this government, something a government came to do, the present government can be reaping their consequences and we think it is them. There are spiritual things that are beyond the human and physical calculation. Yeah. So the church, we must use our authority because the athenian the word church ecclesia sorry ecclesia the real meaning we have power like the prestigious athenian athenian citizens to banish <laughs> those once banished and to enforce and to appoint those ones appointed and to formulate new policies we are such powerful hallelujah, hallelujah. but apart from that you see see i have my iron you see, God has arranged your ion. Because in God's books, all your life is in God's books. Do you know what is in God's books concerning your life? Everything is excellent, everything is powerful. In fact, in God's books concerning your life, there is no lack. There is no sicknesses. There is no worry. There is no anxiety. There is no defeat. In fact, walking in sin is not there. It's working in victory, in glory, in health, in love, in peace. That is God's books for you. I mean, if you see, if you know God's work of predestination, what he has, you turn to God's book. Oh, May 2023. It will show you what is written about your life. That is God's blueprint for your life. But the devil, the devil who is there, Satan is the God of this ion. So he also has his ion for each of you. That is why sometimes you dream and you see something going to happen to you. God is showing you Satan's ion for your life. Uh-huh. All the negative things concerning your life. And you see. If you don't take time, you have failure in marriage. Failure in, in, in business. Failure in your Christian life. But that is not what God has written for your life. So as you perceive it, you know what you have to do marakata like what the elders did <laughs> you receive the blueprint for your life and begin to speak it as you say it by faith by authority that is what it will be if you perceive that where your life is going I've already broken three relationships if I don't take time my marriage will be a, 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 a failing marriage it cannot happen to me you can foresee it coming use your lips to reframe your world you can see that in your generation, every your 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 auntie, your mother, your, your grandmother, your great grandmother, they all failed in their marriages. You see that that whole thing is coming to you. That is the iron Satan has programmed for, for your family lineage. As you see it, it's time to use the rumor of God to reprogram your life and to reframe and to fix and to repair the iron Satan has given to your life. You can change the course of history. All your life has been full of defeat. Full of defeat. Struggling. Repeated failures. connect, struggling. It can be addictions. You have the power to prevail. It's in your mouth. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Hallelujah. Question, where did light come from? Came from? And God said, let there be light. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? This is a theological bone of contention. Some say, see, it is a primordial light of creation. Some say it's the aurora borealis or the aurora australis, the cosmic light. They have said so many things. But second Corinthians tells us where the light came from. Second Corinthians, Corinthians 4, verse 6. Look at what it says. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now he's quoting from history. When God said, Let there be light, you know where the light came from? From the darkness. Now understand this the whole earth was in darkness, and the, the darkness was in water because the earth was submerged in water. So the water and the darkness were mixed together. <laughs> so God spoke to the darkness, and out of the darkness came forth light. Can you imagine? Yeah. In 1934, there was a scientific. Uh, uh, findings, research. What uh, Certain scientists, uh, scientists came together for what was called the sonoluminescence experiment. The sonoluminescence experiment. You know what they did? They created bubbles in water. How many of you can create bubbles in water? Yeah, it's simple. Bubbles in water. And they... after the bubbles came up, they used sound waves. The, the sound waves caused an implosion. The, the sound waves caused the bubbles to collapse. You see. So, when they released those sound waves and the bubbles imploded, strangely, light emitted. Light came out of those bubbles. So, through sound waves against the bubbles, light emitted out. Do you know that? When you speak, as I'm speaking, energy is being released, and the energy is released as sound waves. So when God said, "Let there be light," can you imagine the power, the energy from God's lips creating sound waves entering into the water, and light sprang forth. So it is God who can speak. In, in, when God wanted light, He spoke into darkness, and light came. God was showing us what to do with our lives. There may be so much darkness in your life, the darkness of failure, the darkness of hatred, the darkness of selfishness, the darkness of ill health, the darkness of poverty. You can speak into that darkness and out of that darkness will come forth light. God commanded the light out of darkness. So no matter the darkness that is over your head, the shade of darkness, you can speak light to spring out of that darkness. You have the power to speak, the rhema, the authority. See, I have it. Now, these things are not just for your head knowledge. You have to live it. You can know it, but nothing is happening to you. I'm not telling you to just know it. To live it. To speak it. To practice it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why James 3, 4, James says that, look, the body is like a ship, a vessel, and the tongue is like the radar or the helm. If a ship is on the sea, and there is a rock in front of the sea, in the middle of the sea, would the captain drive into the rocks? No. He'll use the small radar to redirect the vessel from hitting the rock. Otherwise, you'll have a titanic crash. <laughs> the Bible says your body is the vessel, the ship. Your tongue is the helm of that, or that radar. With your tongue, you can navigate and reprogram the course of your life. The defeat you see in your life, you can reprogram your life. Hallelujah. That's how we work in victory. Praise God. Alright. Faith is not possible until you know your authority. But all the foundation is in righteousness. The right hand of my righteousness. Because all that Christ is, is now committed to you. Christ is your righteousness. You are in his place. His authority is yours. The right hand belongs to his righteousness. And you are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The authority is yours. If you can meditate upon this, ponder on it and personalize it. You walk on high. Oh my hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. Psalm 110. I'm going to make a demonstration. So, um, Michael, Michael, can I come and sit here with my my, my chair. Hallelujah. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord. Now, can you read this one for me? One go. Let's all read corporately. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies serve the Praise God. Hallelujah. I have the power to speak, the to speak God's word. I have the power to speak God's word. To change my world. To change my world. By, the lips of faith. By the lips of faith. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what is happening around you. Ah, it's in your hands. People are complaining, and this is happening to me, and this is happening to me. Oh no, it is ended. Ma, the darkness. God brought light out of darkness, and you can frame, repair, so that you be in a, the lines are falling to me in pleasant places. The divine lines, God's will for me, God's good plan for my life. I begin to work in it. Success in marriage, my good life, my healthy life, prosperity, working in love, good works, fulfilling my ministry. This is the path God has cut for me. Anything outside it doesn't belong to me. My, 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 my. Now, this was spoken by David, and the prophecy happened thousand years after. <laughs> He was prophesying into the ascension of Christ. The Lord said unto my Lord, See, this thing has been spoken of. The apostles have quoted this verse in the New Testament. And uh, it was fulfilled when Jesus died, rose up, and ascended into heaven. Now this whole verse describes the coronation of Jesus. When Jesus entered heaven, praise God, there was a coronation service for him. The oh, whole heaven there was a service for his enthronement and his crowning. And that is what David saw. And in that enthronement, in Jesus' service, his coronation service, his enthronement, in the Father said unto him, The Lord, which is the Father, said unto Jesus, the Son, Sit sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Praise God. Now, so, this is Jesus right now. So, please come. So, sit down at my right hand. So, Jesus sat. Now, two things happened. When Jesus ascended, the Father gave him a throne. Say a throne. Yeah. He sat. And number two, he was crowned. Revelation 19 verse 12 his eyes were as flames of fire and upon his head were many crowns. So actually the father crowned him with many crowns in Revelation 12 verse 19 verse 12. So, look at me carefully. When Jesus ascended, he had a, the father had a coronation service for him because he had won the victory. So the father gave him a throne, a glorious throne. Then the father crowned him. Hallelujah. Our Lord Jesus has a throne and has a crown. Oh, yeah. what, a what a blessing! But Ori- Oriental kings, or the kings of the East in those days, during their installments or their coronation, three things were made for them, not two. They received three things. They received the throne. All kings, when they, they are made kings, they had they received the throne, then they received the crown, and they received a footstool. You no know a footstool. A footstool is like a is for the rest of the. Manago, can you bring the footstool? Yes. A footstool is to rest the feet. All right. So now we will use this as a footstool. Okay, Manago, stretch. Mm-hmm. Aha. This is this is perfect. Aha. Ah, we shall put some crown on your head. On your head. <laughs> so kings had a crown, they had a throne, and they had a footstool. That's what they had. But Jesus' coronation service, it wasn't complete. The Father gave Jesus a throne, gave him a crown, but they didn't give him a full stool. He gave the footstool to him as a promise. So the father said, sit down at my right hand until huh. Oh, quickly. Psalm one. That's my main verse. So I wanted to stay there. Until I make them enemies. So now he received the crown. He received the throne. But the first two was a promise. Praise God. For the past 2,000 years, Jesus doesn't have a first two. Yes, his feet is not rested until, hallelujah. I'm saying this because of um, when I was coming I asked the Lord what to share with you. As I was asking the Lord, the Lord told me the revival is coming. Before the Lord told me pure faith. Everything from God. Before the Lord told me pure faith in a vision. So, I'm illustrating this to give you an impression of that revival that is coming but the fact that I'm speaking and I'm inquiring, I'm inquiring concerning you and God spoke of the coming revival means that you are a great partaker of what is coming otherwise why am I asking concerning you and God tells me of the revival that is, doesn't, doesn't make sense Yeah. why will I yes, it's about you that means that <laughs> prepare for what is coming because I'm asking the Lord and that's the first thing the Lord told me. That's why I'm, I'm doing this to show you what God intends. What Jesus intends. Praise God. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. But this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. That's Jesus. That's this man. The next verse from henceforth so the moment he sat down when did he sit down 2,000 years ago yeah. yeah yeah. anyway we are not up to 2,000 from the year 2030 going the church will be 2,000 years yeah from henceforth expecting to his enemies he made his full too so for 2,000 years Jesus has still been waiting for a full too and the Bible says he's expecting. And the word expecting is apekdekomai. Do you want to know what it means? Yeah. Hmm. The Bible says in Romans 8 from verse 19 that the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Aha. Uh-huh. For the creature itself was made subject in hope and the creation shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the sons of God. But this verse says that for the earnest Expectation of the creature. Mm -hmm. The word expectation is the same root word from the word expectation as Jesus is expecting to have a full stool. And let me show you what it means. The earnest expectation of the creature. The Bible is saying that now the world, the creation, no creation is waiting for the sons of God. They are waiting for us to manifest. That's a whole message on its own. But the word waiting and expecting is a word for someone who is tiptoeing. Assuming you are coming from a distance, and the person is, is tiptoeing with an outstretched head, tiptoeing to see if you are really coming. That's the kind of expectation he's expecting. Is he coming? Is he coming? Is he really coming? That is how Jesus has been expecting to have a full to. So Jesus has a, a strong, intensified expectation to have a feast too, And listen. He must have it before he comes. Yes. He must have it before he comes. Psalm 110. is not a millennium at all. Psalm 110 is a prophecy. Concerning when Jesus sits down. On the throne. And when he comes to fight his enemies. Psalm 110 began with. The ascension when he sat. And ends with when the king comes down to fight his enemies at Armageddon, his second coming so it's it's between it's the church age aha he he, he doesn't have enemies in the millennium in the the millennium Satan is bound in abyss the enemies are in the church age aha that's why it says rule down in the midst of your enemies it's the church age that we rule in the midst of our enemies praise God now, Jesus is waiting for what? A fustu. This is the greatest expectation of Jesus before he comes. And now, when Joshua conquered the Canaanites, he brought all the kings and his captains took their legs and put their legs on their necks to declare that you are all my fustu. <laughs> now, how many of you want to understand what a fustu is? All right. Now, as I've described, the first tool is to rest the feet. The feet. Now, Father God, please understand this. Jesus is the head of the body. He's the head. Colossians 1.18 says he's the head of the body. The church is the body of Christ. The head is the highest authority. But who are The feet. You see, the feet is part of the body. Is the feet part of your head or your body? The feet is part of your body. But you see, when we describe the feet, we are talking about the feet describes the source of the feet, the toes and the toenails are the least members of the church or the weakest members of the church or the feeblest members of the church. So what we're Consider all of us, those who are the weakest among us, those who are the weakest among us, I mean, who are the most powerless among us, they are the feet. The feeblest. Do you know that with the whole body, the feet is the, is the, the member of the body that touches the ground? So they are the most canal among us. <laughs> they get dirty and they are in touch with the earth. Hmm. now let me show what Jesus is, is expecting because of what he did for his sacrifice now please sit down he has sat back you know what he has been expecting for 2000 years almost 2000 years he has been waiting for the feeblest can you please have a footstool hmm. be in a chilling posture you see the feet is rested so the feet is the, the weakest people in the church those who are in touch with the earth aha uh-huh. but the footstool are his enemies it's not the physical chair. are his enemies the enemies he already conquered but he has been waiting for the least and the weakest among us to walk in the victory over all his enemies, which he conquered on the cross. He has been waiting for the the least, the feeblest, the weakest among us to practically and experientially triumph and manifest the victory that was given us on Calvary. That is what he has been waiting for. His feet to rest. He has been expecting. That means the list of us will overcome sicknesses. The list of us will overcome poverty. The list of us will overcome disease. The list of us will overcome virus. The list of us will overcome hatred. The list of us will overcome selfishness. The list of us will overcome envy. The list of us will overcome jealousy. The list of of, of us will not be afraid of Satan. The list of us will overcome fear. Fear will be paralyzed. Fear will be broken down. Witches and wizards and Satan and principalities and powers and hatred and virus and all the schemes of darkness. All of them will be subjected under (laughs) defeats. of the saint. Hallelujah. Can you imagine love economy? Everybody in love economy. The weakest member in love economy (laughs) walks over Satan. The feeblest member in love economy rejoices, kicks sicknesses away, prevails over sickness, prevails over poverty, prevails over hatred walks in love mamaya can you imagine that this is jesus's expectation since he sat down and the father will give him full stool his enemies will be his full stool his feet will rest i'm telling you the revelation of who we are in christ will lift us up The righteousness of God in Christ will raise us up. Now, let me show what is going to happen. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25 and 26. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The next verse. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Do you know when this verse is going to be fulfilled? Rapture. This verse is rapture at rapture there will be no death so what it means is that then this is fulfilled at rapture so before rapture all the enemies will be brought one by one to his feet all the enemies will be brought one by one to his feet what the church is about to experience even the early apostles who are in heaven are anticipating to see what the church is about to experience the apostles didn't, what is about to experience, the, the act of the apostles never saw it. We'll, not look back as a, as, as, <laughs> we'll look back for inspiration but not as our standard. Yeah. 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 That was the threshold, the beginning of the church. Our end will be more, much more glorious. God has taught up the greater glory for us. The last the church will put on higher higher glory, greater glory than the former day church. And it's going to happen. The church is going to manifest. The revival is coming. The weakest among us. Now, now, now Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Psalm one zero. Quickly, before I, I conclude. Now look at this one. The Lord has the and the Lord said unto my Lord, Say thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The next verse. The Lord shall send the rod of, the rod of his strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. What is the rod of his strength? It is called authority. The rod of his strength is the staff of his authority. The scepter of his authority. The Lord shall send the scepter of his authority out of Zion. Zion here is the church. He I come to Mount Zion. In context, dispensationally, is the church. So his authority is in the church. He exercises, exercises his authority through his body, the church. The head exercises his authority through his body. That is us, the church rule thou in the midst of your enemies he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies the next verse that people shall be willing in the day of thy power now the word power is not a greek word for power in sorry in hebrew the word power here is the word for military it's the word for army army. God will have his army in the end time. That people shall be willing. And the word willing actually is not willing. It is f- will, free will offerings. My people you shall give themselves freely to God to consecrate themselves to God. Lord I'm dying. I'm yours. In the day God is putting his army together. In the day of God's army. No wonder Prophet Jimma saw an army yesterday. <laughs> Prophet Jimma saw an army yesterday. And God spoke to me about the coming revival they all agree hallelujah so god has his army god has his army that people shall be free will offerings in the day of your army in the splendor of consecration that's the hebrew in the splendor of consecration that means that they will separate themselves to god so much that their separation to god will be splendor in the eyes of men. so who are these look they will not be shy to get fully committed to jesus That consecration will be like splendor to the eyes of men. And this being separated and getting fully committed to Jesus is a splendor. He calls it the splendor of consecration. And that time is the formation of God's army. And God's people are giving themselves freely. The devil is planning his best, his worst, but God is bringing forth his best brethren, Jesus is going to have a full stool you have no idea what this is in the heart of Jesus His craving his expectation he has been expecting tiptoeing when, when, when and I pray to God that our generation will be that generation he has been waiting for a generation to make it our generation should be that generation that all of us will take hold of God's word fully taking good code of god's word all of us even the weakest we are in victory even the feeblest we are in victory even the least we are in victory it's revival time it's revival time we are the army of god the army of the lord in jesus name take your place take your place Rebaba Ye mashande, re baba shande, re mashande, e baba Take your place. Take your place. Re masiate, hele Hebele sande. Hey, the right hand of righteousness. The right hand of righteousness. The right hand of righteousness. The right hand. Righteousness is yours. Righteousness is yours. Yellow Yellow Hey. 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 You will never be the same. You will never be the same. Hey, every enemy in your life, rule over it, rule over addiction, rule over addiction, rule over hatred, rule over sickness, rule over poverty, rule over selfishness. Hey, hey, the ecclesia, we are the church of God, the Israel of God. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti Podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.